where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. Kids are definitely creepy. Hello. (laughs) Hi. I'm Josh. And I'm Carol. And this week we watched, as promised, the 2018... 19 even. I think it... Our first argument on the show... (laughs) won't be the last i thought it was 2018 oh yeah it's 2019 jeez i'm having that trouble this year where i cannot i mean i know this is a common thing but like truly it's very hard for me to remember what year it is just can't accept that it's actually 2019 it's weird it's like when you know how you have that theory about turning 19 and how it doesn't oh matter? yeah 19 is a wiener year it sounds really stupid and yeah. so it sounds like you're younger than 18 or 20 because mm-hmm. you're 19 mm-hmm. it stinks we watched the 2019 movie us <laughs> directed and written, written and produced i mean sure not starring jordan peele <laughs> Uh, yes, we did. And I had actually seen it in the theaters. That's right. Oh with my good gravy. our sister-in-law. And um, that was really fun. But it was really fun to rewatch it. It's one of those movies that bears rewatching, which I think is the mark of a really great horror slash like sci-fi thriller, whatever you want to call this movie. Um, horror movie. Yeah, but like as we were saying last night after we watched it, like his horror movies aren't, they're scary in a very like tame way. I mean. It's not so much about the scares. It's about the speculative fiction. It is. And it's also, it's, you have to compare it to all the other horror movies of the day, right? So it's like, there are so many others like scary, gory, tortury, freakish. Annabelle based. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not like that. That's but true. still, if I were to say that to somebody who doesn't like scary movies, they would like a f- coworker was saying how she watched the she watched us and she immediately regretted it, which I get because we have a higher threshold for these things, or at least I think I do, and I think you do. But sometimes that is put to the test. Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, a higher threshold than your average film goer, certainly. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. as high as. And I will Some say, sociopaths out there who are not moved at all by... Like my sister. Yeah. <laughs> More on that later. Shout out to Aunt Donna. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say... Please do. That we'll get to the recap right after this, but there is a point in this movie, a good chunk of like the first part of the second act, that you think you're watching like a home invasion movie. And I will say that part of the movie... I was very scared in the theater. I did not. Well, it wasn't just that I was scared. It was more like I regretted not looking into the movie at all because I love going into movies not knowing anything. And I had did, had did that with this one. Mm-hmm. And I regretted it. I hate home invasion movies. I will not watch funny games. I will not watch anything like that. Thank What's you. your least favorite one that you've seen? Okay, well, that is a tricky question because... One of the best horror movies that I've ever seen is a home invasion movie, The Strangers. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Oh, God. Joanna Newsom. <laughs> like Bonnie Bear or something. The weirdest. Like, Joanna Newsom. Like the only song in that movie on a record player. I thought that there was another like freak Maybe. folk. Maybe there's, yeah. The whole sound. Skinny legs in there or something. Yeah. So I, ch- I try not to watch home invasion movies, but The Strangers was really good. It was also like about a marriage and just really awesome. Yeah. But you're you're thinking of one that you hate? No. Oh. This is an interview with a vampire just yet. <laughs> all Fair. right. Let's get to that recap so we can all get on the same page about this yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh, well, you were saying you went into it not wanting to go see a home invasion movie, and then there was a home invasion movie, but then the turn that it takes made you glad that you went yes. and saw it. it d- yeah, it changes from that, which is was a relief. 
This is also a, a universally beloved movie uh, from a critical perspective. It's like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 81% on Metacritic, but there's only four mixed reviews. There's no negative reviews, and most of them are just, we love this movie. I also think it's, whatever, I'm not, I'm not here to review this movie. It's just funny. Like we'll the people that. that Okay, great. The people that didn't care for it are like trying to find something to hate. All right. Recap of Us. Accompanied by her husband, son, and daughter, Adelaide Wilson returns to the beachfront home where she grew up as a child. Haunted by a traumatic experience from the past, Adelaide grows increasingly concerned that something bad is going to happen. Her worst fears soon become a reality when four strangers descend upon the house, forcing the Wilsons into a fight for survival. When the masks come off, the family is horrified to learn that each attack, each attacker appears as one of them. I'm going to say that because the recap is a little misleading. So, um, As is the whole idea that they're wearing masks at all, because only one of them is. Yeah, so it gives you, kind of sets the scene. The movie opens in the 80s. There's a little part about Hands Across America, which I actually did as a child in 1986. That's wild. You would have been our son Wu's age. Mm -hmm. I don't remember doing it. I just know the photo that was taken. And that's what I remember. I have formed. Who took the photo? Who wasn't participating in Hands Across America? (laughs) My dad. Figures. Sounds about right. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so we did it, and um, I just remember that, you know, from that photo, I've forged a memory, but um, my older sisters tell me all about it. Anyway, it was a real thing. It happened. But anyway, it starts off with Adelaide going to the Santa Cruz boardwalk at night with her parents who are fighting, and she wanders off right before a storm. And that opening scene is, for me... Probably like one of the scariest uh, oh, yeah. parts of the movie as a parent. So that's the entree for this podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it is just watching her walk down the stairs to the beach uh, from the boardwalk away from her parents. <laughs> I mean, she she's an older kid. She's probably like six or seven. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. About right. So it's not like as horrifying as our toddler walking off, but. Anytime a child wanders off, it is immediately mm-hmm. very, very scary. Well, I think what almost makes it more terrifying is someone would probably notice a toddler wandering off by themselves. I don't think anyone would take note of what could we're questioning even as parents, like, I don't know, maybe seven, maybe eight, nine, whatever, walking off like towards a bathroom then towards a beach at this boardwalk where like there are families and stuff like that you wouldn't be like why is that child alone yeah like, where's that kid's parents you wouldn't say as we often do on this podcast where, where are the are parents, parents? <laughs> yeah it was interesting that there was a lot of stuff like real life scares and i don't know if i would have felt that pre-parent of just like realizing as you said boardwalks carnivals are scary places and uh the beach is loud. The ocean is loud. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I have noticed that, especially living here in California, that it is the Pacific Ocean, like crashing waves. It's pretty deafening. If you're standing out there, you wouldn't, there's no way you'd hear. No like, way. Especially like as a storm's cooking. Yeah. There's a storm brewing. I do want to talk about the parents and like, it was like. Is the right? parents of Adelaide as a young child. Yes. Okay. Just that like. It's 1986, so more the subject of the previous two movies that we watched on the show. That like there has been parents and parenting of a different era, like right. not being afraid to snipe at each other and argue in front of their child. But it was just really like so disheartening. Just did a great job of capturing that thing. The the kid is obviously hearing this. Like we're following her, and right? Her perspective, and you and you know exactly what the relationship is like between these two parents. That's the only, and this is the only interaction we have with them in this in this film. They have died of natural causes at some point or right. whatever in this movie. Uh, <laughs> and they're never to be heard from again. Yeah, just that dysfunction. Yeah, it, the casual, yeah, def- casual dysfunction. Yeah, definitely 
sets the scene of how a kid can wander off. Yeah, so that opening scene, or close to it, Adelaide is wearing a thriller shirt, right? Yeah, that's right. She wins it. Her dad wins it for her at a... Yeah, and she puts it on, and um, it's funny. It just makes me think about how kids really glom on to creepy stuff. Like, we have a friend whose child is so into the thriller, like the music video, and he watches it all the time. I just thought the thriller shirt was cool because sometimes things like that in movies seem so heavy-handed, like... It's the 80s. Everybody liked Thriller. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, we get it. I mean, what did we... We were watching Captain Marvel and like the music was so heavy handed. Like, it was the 90s. Look, Waterfalls by TLC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the 90s. <laughs> Annette Benning dancing to Nirvana. Spoiler. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler. The hinge mm, of that plot. Music, <laughs> she says <laughs> as she grooves. So, yeah, I thought that was cool because I didn't immediately think, oh, God, yeah, like, we're in the 80s. I thought, yeah, kids love that stuff. They do. And the mom makes and, some point about she wouldn't sleep after she watched it, kind mm-hmm. of thing, but loves it, that obsession. Right. This is a good little... And it kind of sets it up like, yeah, this kid's going to go into that fun house by herself. Right. Yeah, it's like a good tie-in. I think that this movie's pretty great about laying all the groundwork for the mystery and like the eventual reveal without being too heavy handed. Yeah. It's a a hard thing to do. So anyway. So she walks down these stairs from the boardwalk to the beach and it's pitch black. You hear the waves crashing and down on beach level is a fun house. And I hope people that go to this, I mean, that seems weird for one thing. Like, why is that? You know, it does seem out of place. Like, oh, why like, would there it's be this not... one attraction not mm. up on the boardwalk? Yeah. Um, I grew up going to a very similar boardwalk in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Funland. You've been there. We have all know of Funland yeah. in Rehoboth. Hey, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> Classic Delaware accent right there. It would be very, very strange if there were a fun house like below the boardwalk level. Yeah. But I, I was into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, me too, because I think I kind of expected it to like disappear or you know, something like that. I was expecting mm. those are some of the things that I was expecting from this this movie that it that it never did, which is fine. I just that oh. was on an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I think that's why. you're. Yeah, sure. It. Probably pro- a Professor Vink. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> This is a classic disappearing funhouse door. Well, but she goes inside only, really only because, like, she's clearly looking at it, and you can tell she's like getting some weird tunnel vision. There's something drawing her towards it, but then there's a rain thunderstorm that happens, and so she runs in to seek shelter, and then enters this uh, hall of mirrors, and inside there is uh, eventually the the power cuts out. She sees her reflection. She tries to walk towards an exit sign only to be met with another mirror, you then see, in what I think is the creepiest thing in the, in the movie, perhaps, is, a, is then her, her unmoving reflection in one of the mirrors. And so as she turns, it does not, then it, sh- it cuts to, the, I think, the opening credits when you, uh, mm-hmm. as they turn to face each other, and she sees that it is, in fact, her. But unlike many of these like recaps and stuff that we had, Red trying to find the one we liked for this. There was a lot of stuff that was basically trying to say like these are these doppelgangers were deformed versions of themselves or somehow these you know topsy turvy versions of themselves and they weren't they were they were true just other than the one kind son. of just like hellish versions like yeah like they weren't slightly warped but not like warped yeah I well, guess we'll get into that vitamin D deprived yeah you know just a little deranged it's what happens. When you're a soulless uh, shadow person, so I so there's one thing I thought about this too. In this scene, she starts whistling "Itsy Bitsy Spider" to herself. She sure does. And boy, oh boy, would our children do just that? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. That would be like that's a greatest hit, certainly. Oh yeah, Wu would go, would be going Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. Oh, that's true. His be would there be there on the double Paw Patrol. <laughs> 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 yeah, for sure, that was believable. Totally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, not forced creepy, 
Ness. Oh, but I do have one other thing I want to say about being inside this maze. Teachable moment here for the parents in the audience is how do you get out of a maze? It feels like this is something that every every child should know how to get out of a maze if you don't know. Do you have an answer? Yeah. Okay. You follow one wall. Okay. You can never be lost inside a maze if you just follow one wall until you find the entrance. That's all. So should you ever be inside a funhouse and the power goes out, put a hand on a wall until you find your doppelganger or the door. <laughs> I guess I've never thought about that. I've never been afraid of being lost in a maze. Not even a labyrinth? No. Hmm. I just wouldn't go into a labyrinth. What if you were forced to for honor or country? Like you always say when I say, what if you were forced to run up this mountain if a pack of wolves were chasing mm-hmm. you? You say, I wouldn't. I would run down the mountain. And I say to you, I would run out of the labyrinth. I just wouldn't do that. That's true. You'd run away from the entrance <laughs> to the labyrinth towards the safety of the world wizard? beyond. Of the, wizard, <laughs> of the wizard beyond. You'd fight the wizard as opposed to enter yes. the labyrinth. I'm not yeah. going in that labyrinth. Everybody knows what's in a labyrinth. Minotaur. Minotaur. Yeah. So, oops. At best. So, I don't want to leave this boardwalk scene yet because I want to talk about the fact that our kids just went to their first parish carnival while we were visiting back east. That's right. And I didn't remember that it was carnival season. This is the thing where Carol grew up is that all these Catholic parishes all have carnivals. They all have carnivals as a huge fundraiser. I, I imagine like the biggest fundraiser of the year. Right, because they're not getting tuition all summer. Yeah. One last cash grab. Yeah. uh... (laughs) So, yeah, I grew up going to these things, and it's basically right as school lets out. It's for a week. Each parish does this carnival, or a carnival in, like, a parking lot, and you bring in all the same rides. Oh, it's the same ones from all the Like, everyone you go to is just like, if you like Gravitron, it's oh, at every it's, single one. It's the same thing. Same carnies. There's just bigger and smaller versions of it. Like the one we went to was a mid-sized carnival. We could okay. have gone the to Goldilocks. A, yeah, we could have gone to a much bigger one. Like the next week, the Italian mm-hmm. festival. Mamma mia! So I just bring it up to say that inherently they're just so creepy, and watching Woo on the tiny like roller coaster for children and watching as it kept going faster and faster and he started crying and shrieking, totally losing his mind. And then the kid next to him, my high school best friend's son, then losing his mind and crying and screaming. It's just a scary place. Like I yeah. I remember and loving the carnies it. looking on in not even looking. They're not even looking no, they're they're not chatting, looking. ripping cigarettes. Yeah. Definitely when I was a kid, yeah. They still were. Oh, there's people just there smoking cigarettes. They'd take like one step back from the ride. That's awful. It was crazy to watch. I just don't think you should smoke around kids. It's personal. Yeah, personal that's what opinion. I mean. Um, it wasn't like I had never seen someone smoke a cigarette and I was amazed <laughs> at the sight of fire and smoke. <laughs> My baby. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're just, they're just so great. Nothing seems safe. And they they were the little literal rides from when like 30 years ago when I was riding it. You know, And they like, weren't new then. It wasn't no, like, I doubt it. Just released caterpillars in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a new thing. Yeah, I don't know. Behold the giant slide. Right. <laughs> the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. So, I mean, on a boardwalk, it's got to be the same. Like, yeah, they're getting updated sometimes, but definitely Funland in, Rehob- in Rehoboth is, has the same haunted mansion, the same... Still haunted, I hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still same ghosts. <laughs> I overplayed that one a little bit. Yeah, it's hard. It's subtle <laughs> and not so subtle at all. That yeah. was a really great opening scene and... Timely for this family. Yes. So next next parenting uh, point. Go for it. Still 1986. They're, they're at some therapist's office mm. and you hear... And she's in earshot of the parents getting the <laughs> review of her situation the diagnosis comes back i think she has ptsd and the dad says ptsd it's not like she was a nom and that was and again just like callousness towards mental health and also a lack of understanding around what children are capable of understanding um oh totally i mean you and i talk about this all the time where parents 
talk about their kids right in front of them yeah. as though they can't understand and don't know that they're being talked about. It's very yeah. strange. And then I, they'll be completely condescended to once they like that. Usually then there's, they'll swear or something. It will register on their face that they realize that there's a kid present and then they'll do something like ask them what color their plate is or something. And the kids are like blue. Oh boy. You know, it's just like, yeah, I know that one. Oh boy. And yeah. also the other thing you were talking about. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a, that's a big weird thing to discover as a parent, how, Early kids know their shapes and colors and numbers mm-hmm. and how. They'll sing the ABCs, whatever. They well, do all yeah, kinds like of circus tricks. Right. They're, but there's, it happens so much earlier than you think. If I had a nickel for every time an adult asked, woo, what color is, you know, that block you're playing with or, you know, just some question that they already know the answer to. And, I mean, it's been years now mm-hmm. that he's known but they just don't know what kids know and how soon they know it and it's very it's just very strange it's it puts this distance in between them between the the adult and the child that's like immediately it's like palpable you yeah. know cuz he senses like oh you're you're totally underestimating me you d-, like sometimes you won't even answer cuz he's like why would you ask? You clearly know what this is. And also, like, that's not what we're all talking about. It's we're talking we're ta- about how, like, your uh, deadbeat husband is, uh, <laughs> whatever, yeah. like, there's that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, I, that's, it is a really weird, it's, I mean, it's, it's bizarre, but it would be the same thing as if we're having a conversation. You're having a conversation with a friend and I walk over and they ask, and they say this to me, like, cool t-shirt. Like, yeah, what band is that? Yeah, it's like thanks. has a name yeah. right on it. Yeah, it's this some band. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we play music. You obviously don't care. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> That'd be it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I I thought that was that's pretty wild, but also again period appropriate and um but also still happens. So it did feel worth like pointing out and not just in like an expository way that it was like a well done aspect of the movie and so so moving on from the past part yeah the first five minutes of the movie (laughs) (laughs) and then going into adelaide as an adult so now she's the parent she has daughter zora and a son jason and 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 a husband who looks kind of like he he's you know he's in black panther as well Mm -hmm. which is why he's like super duper jacked but he does kind of look like Jordan Peele, if Jordan Peele like did a bunch of steroids. Yeah. Why does the, people do like that a, all the time? Like a like Jonah Hill, directors. like a Jonah Hill lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. Oh, you mean they cast people that look like themselves yeah. but aren't them? That's interesting. I notice that a lot where it's sure. like, oh, this is like your fantasy self. Yeah. Woody Allen, pretty famous at that. <laughs> cool guy. Yeah. Um. So... I just want to talk about the so the parents now. Uh, as far as our podcast goes, these are the best parents. Oh my god. The above ground parents that we've <laughs> that we've had so far. Good distinction. They're once the, best the, and the worst. once the tethered uh family shows up, those parents are less good. But well, they do care about their kids, but they do they're not afraid about putting them in harm's way. Um You're right, they're not good parents. I think that Red, as the, as the mom is called, mm-hmm. she might she might care for her kids a little bit, but I think she just uses them as yeah killing machines. So not so much as people. I don't think she cares about them as people. Sort of a tiger mom. <laughs> she doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think the dad. I don't think the the tethered dad Abraham cares so much. That's a good point. Anyway, so the the real parents. They were they were very good parents. This is a family. This is a movie about a family, and they stick together. They also like have their little squabbles, but like in general, there weren't too many like stupid moves happening in most horror movies where you're mm-hmm. like, why? Why would you make that choice? Yes, and they were pretty smart. I do want to know who is not psyched about a boat. 
The dad comes home with like a boat that he clearly got like cheaply. They make that abundantly clear. But like it's a speedboat. Like you'd be able to water ski with that or like go tubing or something. Like and it just is a party boat that you now get to have to like tool around this lake I, or bay that's or wherever so they're supposed funny. to be. Who's I, not stoked? I saw that that part is like ugh, dad's such a dork. Like dad's just getting so excited about this. Like, oh my god, oh, this is so embarrassing. That's why everyone's rolling their eyes, because everyone was like, I don't want to be near this boat. No, I think it was more rolling their eyes at their dad, but then it does become a joke about the boat. Well, you th- I mean, hey, I agree. I'd be like, look, you know what? If you, well, actually, we I have waterfront know. property, and you came home with a boat. I'd be like, finally, a boat. You might say that, but I think I might do a little bit of a sigh. Like this is another responsibility that we yeah, have. Like who's gonna? Who's scrape gonna the barnacles f- off of this thing? Who's gonna and feed we put it? In it dry take dock. it out for a, for a walk. Who's gonna clean up after that boat? <laughs> boat poop is a great scourge upon our waterways. So they're good parents. Yep, good to their kids. They handle things in stride. Yeah. So then, the, the when the fa- when the family shows up, now we can talk about the kids who are creepy. Yes. So good. Well, Jason is cre- like wearing a Jason's mask. Jason's a little creepy. You know, he's, yeah, he's like weird. But I also feel like they f- handle that as a family well as well. Where like the brother and sister are not like best friends, but she handles it. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a g- healthy amount of antagonizing between them that felt very relatable mm-hmm. between siblings. Yes. But the kids that show up. The tethered kids are wonderfully creepy. I thought that the tethered version of Zora was my favorite part of the movie. Oh, my God. Once the home invasion part is done. Like, once the kids leave the house. Right. Once you know she's not going to, like, skin them alive or something, and that's what you're here to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, once they leave and they're out of the house and it becomes sort of like a different movie, then... I really enjoyed the tethered Zora. She's so creepy. Yes. The... So if you haven't seen this movie, all the actors play their double. They play their doppelganger. It is not just someone who looks like them. It's not someone in a costume or whatever else like that. They are they're playing their evil twin. Yeah. And um, I didn't enjoy the tethered version of Jason as much because he does a thing in horror movies that I don't like, which is... He does that like creepy crawling, like manicky movements. I mean, he's galloping on all on hands and feet, you know? Yes. It's not as as bad as some other horror movies do. And it. he's wearing like the sock mask thing that's sort of like the whatever, the burlap sack yeah. mask thing that's just like a trope of all right. modern horror. But then once the movie shifts, I thought that was really like such a great move because it does feel like he did that on purpose like this is a tropey thing yes. that we're this is a choice but at first when it's a home invasion movie i was very very uncomfortable watching those scenes which i guess it's like mission accomplished you were scared but mm-hmm. it's not the kind of scared i like to be you know correct yeah so um like seeing a child's like burnt face is not it's not what we're here for that's right yeah they were great, and I also thought like another good parenting thing is kind of like in the brood with the little uh, the kid going to get help. They've empowered these kids to be you know comfortable enough in these really in a really stressful situation that they knew like trust their parents to listen to each other to uh, to defend s- themselves defend themselves and stay focused, and that would be very very difficult to do. Because I questioned the line. There's like a random line when. Uh, they're just in the house and the mom is talking to the son and she says, stick with me, I'll keep you safe. And that that line to me felt more like it's suitable for like walking dead than everyday life. You know, it didn't really seem to fit with the reality of the movie before these people showed up. Obviously became important. Right. But like maybe I should be saying more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just more uh, like we're walking on a razor's edge of your... <laughs> Of your living or dying. So uh, you listen to me and I'll keep you safe. Other, you know, it's more quiet place, more uh, walking dead than just hanging out at a beach house. Yeah. You know, 
that's probably what you would say as a parent, even though thankfully she has taught her kids differently. Like I love the part where Zora is like, I'm driving. You have handcuffs on. Dad's foot is messed up. I'm driving. Yes. You know, those kind of things, like as you were saying, like the kids are empowered to question authority. It's funny. Just today, my sister sent me a Facebook like weird post that it was like somebody writing on a post-it note, basically. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, like yeah, the yeah. weird, like, what is, what is that? I, I hate that stuff. I or know. Like, yeah, Instagram posts of notes in your phone. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, gosh. That's a thing, too. But I thought that this is, like, oddly applicable, even though it was one of those weird things, because it's just this person saying, I wondered why I was so afraid of conflict until I remembered that I grew up with one rule as a kid, obey, and zero skills on how to safely disagree. And I think that that is a thing, Mm. uh, again, with like emotional and mental health, that now we're becoming more aware of these things and teaching our children how to be, how to question things and think for themselves. Um, Yeah, we're less worried. That like in the the time in the the part of the movie in the 80s, you know, there was that like, as you said, like casual dysfunction and like not speaking up, you know, she's so quiet. Then present day, it's completely different. And like those kids are so healthy and like able to have a functional family. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And yeah, there's just less of that. Like, um, yeah, you're less worried about your kids being, you know, insolent (laughs) versus like do as I say, not as I do mentality that predates, I don't know, probably the last 15 years of parenting. And I mean, still is very prevalent no doubt you know then like the rest of the movie kind of follows that track as they go then they're out of the house that's the thing once they they leave the house they're able to get out and so <laughs> jordan peele uh <laughs> classic that's the through line of this from the get out of verse and this is there's this is where they are able to get out they get out of their house as they leave they enter the wider world and they see that this is basically, you know, there's like an apocalypse scenario. It's hands They're, across America, hands but across with the, America. The, the, the tethered. Exactly. So these, you know, these doppelgangers of everyone, they have untethered themselves from their, from their doppelgangers, from their real world version of themselves, and they are killing them. And so they're kind of stepping out of the shadows and becoming... in the one true versions of themselves, I guess is the idea. And so that's it. So like so many people have just been murdered. We don't even know. These, the, the family may be some of the last people alive on earth or on in America. Anyway. Yeah. I, guess. I mean, I, I feel like they are driving to Mexico. Yeah. Cause they do talk about the, it opens on like the whole system of tunnels thing that I guess mm-hmm. the idea is like, if you could get out of here, you're safe. This is an American issue. I thought that it was, just really well done. I guess we don't even have to talk about like the ending and stuff like that. Really, I mean, no, I don't know not that, really. We don't. I don't really have any other like kind of parenting aspects of the plot to discuss. No, um, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about was the the neighbor family. Oh sure, which is uh, Tim the, Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, and these their two twin daughters who are like you know thirteen maybe. Yeah, sure. And those. Girls were so perfect. Oh, yeah. And it was... Just a couple of shits. Yeah, just... <laughs> or just like... Norm, probably normal 13-year-olds. Norm, if you're listening, you have a 13-year-old, you tell you tell us. Yeah, just normal, annoying, vapid. Sorry, but, mm-hmm. you know, just like you do come off that way when you're not talking and you're being so antisocial and like, you know... Yes, like Elizabeth how Moss we has that great moment in the house of i don't even remember what the context they're like, is they're like we don't just because we're in our rooms doesn't mean we're asleep and she was like yeah i don't know go to bed yeah <laughs> that was okay. it was like how probably every parent wants to relate to their child yeah, you got me <laughs> yeah go to bed so um i just thought that they were so that those kids on the edge of being kids next year they'll have a part-time job at the at the boardwalk or whatever, mm. their summer house. But I thought that those kids were really great. And it's hard to do that with that age, I think, like portray those kids and how hard it is to parent them and how yeah, not looking forward to that age, you know? It's going to be... No. Woo talked some smack to me in the car today. And <laughs> I was 
so taken aback. It was just that same bratty, like, that's why we're not doing that. I don't even remember what he said. I wish I had written it down for this very show. But I was just like, are you serious? This is starting, like, now? I have to deal with this now? Maybe not quite the same, but, you know, he's really smart. And that is going to be extra oh, difficult. Yeah, we're especially when I'm so sleepy. Um, <laughs> well, I'll just do a little. The kids are creepy, all right. Oh, sure. Speaking of things that Wu says, one gem this week was people can get hurt at night every night. <laughs> <laughs> Out of nowhere, that's the best part about these was it things. Heard or hurt? Hurt. People can get hurt yeah. at night. Every night. Every night. Yeah. That's a just terrifying a, thing. It is matter of fact way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. He's it's kind of like that. He's, he's not wrong. A, there is something about his delivery that's sometimes like a, like a 1950s TV dad. Yeah. And that's, well, well you know, <laughs> people can get hurt at night, every night, as he's like brandishing a whatever a scalpel that he's been pocketing (laughs) um yeah okay so let's rate this movie okay um how many uh inexplicably gilded shears would you give this movie out of 10 um i liked it more on the second viewing probably because i wasn't so scared um uh, during yes. the home invasion part even though i had to like look at my phone during some of it because it's just so terrifying when people break into your house so i think i'd give it a higher rating than i would have on the first viewing but i would give this movie an eight out of ten gilded inexplicably gilded shears great okay. how about you yeah sure i'm i'm kind of right with you i it was even reading the the unfavorable to mixed reviews of this movie that existed from critics i was kind of like i'm just sick of like people trying to shit on like to poke holes in things or like have their own like dumb issues with movies like this that are trying to do something different and are trying to be original and interesting where like i do feel like yeah sure there's this it's like a somewhat problematic movie it could have been scarier it could have like had more like there was definitely people that like really wanted it to say something about race. Yes, and society, that and, like, that was. I think that like the on on my first viewing, I was like, "But what is it saying? Like, what is that? What is this a metaphor for?" Right. And then on the second viewing, I was like, "This is just a cool, weird movie, and I don't have to like explain away every little thing. Yeah, we don't need to know how these people, you know, got rid of." their excrement their underground oh, sure. yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. we don't have to know how like how they were all just eating these rabbits like i don't know you know it doesn't have to be it's just a it's a weird fantasy like sci-fi it doesn't have to be like all the little things uh explained that's right and i mean it also doesn't have to be this yeah this like grand political statement where like get out clearly was and this was a this is a different movie it's a black director who wanted to tell a story featuring black characters as he should. But like, I think beyond that, like probably like the most, the biggest like statements of it are just those things. Like those more, yeah, it's like those more subtle things of like, we know that TV and film has so little diversity and black representation as far as like being just like, Oh yeah, we're a, you know, like this is a nuclear family that's like well-adjusted and is clearly like, pretty well off and like that kind of stuff you know and that there is a yeah i think that that alone is subversive if you want to say that or whatever it doesn't have to just then like beyond that like the film itself doesn't have to be this grand statement about like trump or something so yeah i'll give it i'll be there with an eight i'm in how many red jumpsuits do you give the kids in this movie oh they get all of them i mean i really yeah that was they were 10 specifically zora red zora i mean Little Jason was was great too. I like the insect movements. They were subtle in this, and they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did want to. It made me want to know like how much of it was we shot it in reverse or whatever. You know, like this is it's or that was sped up or whatever versus how much was like choreographed. The in the right. actors really like uh, making those choices and those takes. And I just thought it was it was really good. But now Zora was like, I thought. 
just fantastic. Oh, and you know what else is a great scene is when one of the twin, the evil twins, <laughs> the, uh, she was like doing a handstand in the closet Ugh. when they come in the room and like holding that and then just like coming slowly down into the room. That like, that was, there's like some little subtle things like that that were awesome. Oh, and actually young, young mm. Adelaide, mm-hmm. she gets high marks too. She was totally creepy. Besides her doppelganger, just the actual one and all that stuff. Like, she yeah, was, she was. Didn't know what was going on with her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I agree. I'll give all the red jumpsuits, all yeah. 10 of them. Hand them out to your friends. Just to speed things along here, um, I want to do a little where are they now? Mm. Because it's, you know, such a it's recent... Been months, yeah. It's been months. I just thought it was pretty funny, though, with these kids. So the actress who plays Zora... Shahadi Wright Joseph, you'll be happy to know she is going to be the voice of young Nala in The Lion oh. King. So that will be horrifying. Yeah, that's just cre- picturing that creepy, <laughs> that creepy smile. smile. <laughs> that's it. She's doing it as that character. <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty funny. And then, Dang. yeah, and then Jason, played by Evan Alex, he's been in a lot. He's like a child actor okay nothing super famous just like shorts and he was on sesame street whatever but he was in a thing called baby avengers and he played nick fury which i'd is like to watch that amazing <laughs> hey we'll sh- we'll share that somewhere in our show notes or however we're doing that yeah and then the little girl who plays adelaide it was pretty much her first thing oh she was the introducing mm-hmm. in the opening credits oh then. madison must Curry. Have been. yeah yeah she she was i guess like before this came out, but pretty much concurrently on Bless This Mess Aww. with Lake Bell. That beauty. Yeah. Talent. Wonderful lady who I think lives in her neighborhood. She's got it all. <laughs> so uh, here comes Interview with a Vampire. You don't want to pitch me on a sequel? I don't have that prepared. Do you? Yeah, I got one, I guess. Oh, go for it. Would it not be called Them? Mm-hmm. And I think like most sci-fi, the issue, or most... Horror, the issue that comes, uh, you have kind of like a decision to make when you do a sequel. Do you sort of just do it again, but bigger? Or do you blow out the world and explain the why? Like, do you... and Oh, go back to the clones. And like, yeah, is it... It doesn't necessarily have to be a prequel, but like, would it, would it not be about like their creators? And like, maybe it's about mad scientists or what drove them to that, but that it tends to lead... Because, you know, they said that this is... They were a man-made invention it's very Mm -hmm. clearly stated and so like what's happening maybe it's also a remake of the 1954 movie them sure exclamation point it's both things did you ever watch that movie i don't know i feel like we watched it together a long long time ago as Wu says it's about nuclear testing creating giant monsters oh yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, um cat monstro is really Trying to get us to wrap this up too, I guess. Sure. <laughs> uh, interview with the vampire. Yeah, we're there. Here we are. Hit me. Okay, so my original question, and I don't know how easy this will be to answer, mm-hmm. but I wanted to know how you envision your doppelganger, your your tethered. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. Because, and then I was reading in an interview with Jordan Peele that like. In the family, he made them as these roles, like Adelaide's the captain, Jason is like, I think it's like the magician, you know, I mean, he does the tricks anyway, right. but he's just kind of like this loose cannon. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Gabe, or Abraham, the, the tethered one, is the fool, and then the, and then the girl was like the, was like the action person. Like basically, okay. like the the warrior. The That's warrior. What that, yeah, and I thought that was kind of cool, like to think of it as these roles. But before I read that, I was just mm-hmm. thinking, like, what would your what, what would the, the weird thing be? You know, because they had like she oh. was a run, she was a runner, and the kid was like into the magic tricks. Like sh- they're all versions of them. Right, 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 right. But right. like what's your doppelganger like or like how do you think Right, or like how Tim Heidecker was like just like an ultimate douchebag. He was like a zombie douche. Right. Um 
perfect, wow. perfect role. I mean, God. Oh yeah, he's great. He's like getting really good at that. Yeah, at that thing, and it's in serious roles. Um, and Elizabeth Moss was almost like too good at her thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, um, okay, what would my what would my thing be? That would be like, so basically it's like, what would my thing be that would sort of be my undoing? This is a pretty, I don't know if you can answer this question. Maybe we should answer for each other. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have a thing in mind for you. I mean, I I could probably come up with one real quick. Oh, I don't know. It'd probably be some that, I don't know, it would be like uh, talking itself to death or it'd be a person who, uh. But you don't really talk. Force feeding me. That is what I would try to do. (laughs) (laughs) I have to have an eating contest against my doppelganger. I don't know what it would be. That's a tough one. It's tough. It's tough to think about like what you have to kind of think about like your your one thing. You yeah, know? what's your one thing? What's your defining characteristic or what's your Achilles heel? Yeah. Right. Like what's that's a your good question? That's really difficult. I'd be an easy target. I know that. It's fine. Do you have do you know what yours would be? You don't know what yours would be, you said. I don't know. It's it's a hard question. Now that we're here yeah. in the interview with a vampire, it doesn't doesn't it's seem a, like the best idea <laughs> of a question to get a double. Oh yeah, no, the question <laughs> is fine. I'm yeah, just I agree that it's not a I good don't know. idea I would to get a doppelganger. Have, I guess to kill like you. my tethered would definitely have like stuff stuck in her teeth all the time, like. There would always be something. I always have like that would be like the gross, weird thing. Um, <laughs> oh, the the appearance would be stuff stuck in her teeth. Yeah, or like something like crumbs on my mouth or something. And then... that could be how you'd get away. You point it out to them. Oh yeah. And they're so distracted trying to get it out, and they're so upset, they're writhing around yeah. trying to get the thing out of their teeth. Yeah, just like twirling her hair and like you pulls know. it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, my question is like is more about something that I thought about while watching this movie because, as we talked about, his movies aren't like we're like this movie is not like specifically gory, and while it's scary, it's not. I don't know. There weren't many like indelible, terrifying images. Um, I want to know how. I kind of disagree. The girl's creepy smile. I thought about after I watched it, like while I was getting ready for bed and I kind of had to turn all the lights on. I love that though. I, that's the best part about scary movies. Yeah, that's true. For some some weird fucked up reason. That's accurate. But I want to know how soon will you show a kid a horror movie? Okay. I (laughs) probably had a different answer to this when I wasn't a parent. Mm-hmm. Because now we have Woo and Boo. Mm-hmm. That's two. <laughs> and I, you know, I would have loved to have that kid who's like seeking that stuff out. Beyond Where's Waldo, I just don't think that's Woo's path. He is not into peril. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it could change, like a little nightmare before Christmas, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. It's just such a different time. Like a coworker of mine was saying how they like can monitor and control their kids' screen time from their phone. Like just shut it off. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whereas if we had that as a kid, I wouldn't have been watching Temple of Doom as like a seven year old, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it wasn't my parents' choice so much, you know? That's I right. watched, like, you know this, I watched Twin Peaks when it was on television with my family. And then at the end of the series, they were like, you shouldn't watch the last episode. It's too scary. The last episode is too, which it was. I and mean, of course, I watched it with my sister and we were screaming with fear and we're running around the house screaming with fear. Like, Almost Your parents telling you to pipe down. What they were. They the... weren't home. We, I'm saying we watched it when they weren't home because they told it? us not to. Yeah. Oh. Oh my god. Yeah. And we watched it many times. And but you know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's where they drew the line. What? Like, yeah. You can after here here twenty watch, episodes or whatever. Yeah. Watch Poltergeist. Watch. You know, it doesn't matter. I, yeah. I had free. 
it was like if you want to watch this stuff you're just doing it to yourself basically well that's interesting um we always had like such freedom with that so i don't know when i'm gonna i I wish i could say sooner than later but because we love it so much and i see other families doing that for their kids who like enjoy it and maybe Mm -hmm. with boo he seems like he might get into some of that messed up stuff fearless Well, so that's the thing. Care. I think Wu will like the the weirdness, but I I think he'll like the sci-fi leaning stuff more so than. Or maybe I don't know. He gets movie. scared of Mater's Tall Tales and the spaceship one still. That's true. That's true. Anyway, well, I guess we'll find out. Tune in next time. <laughs> Tune in in ten years. In ten years. <laughs> He's thirteen. Uh, that's gonna be. We'll finally have him on. And we'll talk to him about his favorite horror movie, or if he's even seen one yet. Do we know what we're going to watch next time? Oh, you know, I really enjoyed watching a new movie. That was pleasant, yeah. Yeah, but I think that we got to, like, maybe watch an old one um, next time. Kind of get dig back in, yeah, because I truly, truly enjoy the old stuff. What about uh, the old... I'm looking at the list. <laughs> um, something we're excited about here. Oh, oh just looked at Amity- Amityville Horror. That would be fun to watch. The Ryan Reynolds version? No, never that. I guess we don't have, we didn't talk about this. Okay. So. We'll let you know on social media. Yay, on the social meds. All right. If you have suggestions or if you want to find out what we're watching next time, please follow us. On Twitter or Instagram. Are they the same? Instagram at mummyxdaddypod. Or you can email us at mummyxdaddy at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mummyxdaddy. That's right. And please uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes so other people can find us. Uh, It is much appreciated. And we'll see you next time. Ghouls and goblins. (laughs) Good evening. Oh, we won't. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to Mummy and Diddy. Now don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdiddy at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdiddy. You can follow us on Instagram at mummyxdiddypod. Please leave us a voicemail. 818-839-1991. We'll play it on the show. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spalding is finding a long string of prize tickets in the skee-ball machine. Until next time.